You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to On the Way, the radio show for the Office for Evangelization and Missionary Discipleship in the Archdiocese of Chicago. My name is Jen Delvo, and I'm the senior coordinator in the office, and I'll be your host today. Today, we're excited to be able to talk a little bit about one of the key pieces of a culture of evangelization that we've been focusing on as sort of a theme over the last few months, and that's talking about engagement. And when we were trying to figure out the best way as an office to express this, we thought, well, the best way would be to have some of the folks that we work with in the parish share. So we're excited to have two of our evangelization leads. These are individuals who help to create the culture of evangelization and form missionary disciples in their respective communities. And they come from two different areas of the archdiocese and have been working with our office for a couple of years. So it's my pleasure to uh, welcome both Mike Bentley, who is the evangelization lead at St. Catherine of Alexandria, and Michelle Farrell, who is the evangelization lead for uh, Immaculate Conception St. Joseph, uh, not too far from where we're at uh, here at the Quigley Center up in the Old Town Lincoln Park neighborhood. Welcome. Hi, Jen. Hi, Hi Jen. Thank you for having us. It's our pleasure. The first uh, question I want to throw to you is that, you know, this is kind of an unusual thing, evangelization leads. And I'd love to hear from each of you a little bit about the story of how you came to be in this role. I don't know, Mike, would you like to go first? I know you just shared it with our evangelization team training that we just had last week and did a wonderful job with it. Well, of course. Um, yeah, as Jennifer said, I'm uh, Mike Bentley from St. Catherine of Alexandria Parish. We're on the south side. We're in, actually in Oak Lawn. And uh, uh, a couple of years ago, we were doing uh, the Renew My Church process. And uh, during that process, I realized that um, there was a real need for reaching out to people and bringing them uh, to church. Uh, somehow we need to uh, develop a program uh, to do this. And then uh, the Archdiocese says the next step in the Renew My Church process was evangelization. Uh, at that time, I realized that the Holy Spirit was actually calling me uh, to be the lead for this. Um, someone had to take charge, <laughs> and uh, I, I believe the Holy Spirit was the one who was pushing me uh, to, do, to do this. 
Um, so that what we did, we started a Father Dennis, our pastor, and I um, put together a great team um, of individuals who were going to help. Uh, this is very important to have a, a great team, people that you can rely on. Um, as the process continued, we started um, to develop uh, the opportunity to have an alpha. And what happened was uh, at that time, because this was back in January of last year, and the pandemic decided to mm -hmm. uh, take over any of our efforts. Um, but with uh, the Office of Evangelization, Alicia, um, who's from that office, uh, she was helping us. And she said, you know, why don't we just do it online? Uh, I was very hesitant to do that, but um, she said it's gonna work. And she was correct. Uh, <laughs> we did our pilot alpha last fall and it worked very well. Uh, mm -hmm. I was extremely happy with, with the turnout um, and the, the amount of people that actually were so elated to be part of Alpha. Uh, then after that, we, we can continue to, and we did our first uh, Alpha uh, also online, which was last, this past spring and summer. And we had 26 guests, uh, a lot more than I realized could be there. Uh, I was really happy about that. Uh, and uh, from that, uh, we actually, two of, of those guests decided they'd like to be part of the evangelization team. Uh, I was really thrilled with that because it was, it meant we were actually gaining, we're doing mm -hmm. something. Uh, people were catching the fire. Uh, our team, our team really grew from the first alpha that we did, um, knowing that what we do and say uh, and listen, listening to them, our guests, uh, engaging with them, really created uh, a fire in their hearts that is truly the Holy Spirit. And tomorrow is our start of our third Alpha, uh, which is uh, going to be in-person. The in-person Alpha, uh, actually we're not serving food because we had so many guests who decided that they, they did not want to um, be engaged in, in eating with their mask off. So mm -hmm. we decided just not to have food, but we are in person, which is a step closer than Zoom. So uh, right now we're very happy. We have about 20 guests and hoping to get more because, you know, Catholics always wait for the last <laughs> minute to decide what to do. Oh, definitely. Um, so that's, that's my story. Great. Thank you. And I think so many people really are feeling that, you know, hesitation to some of those usual activities that we've done. That's something that's come up uh, quite a bit over the last couple of months where people want to come back, want to see one another, but particularly get maybe a little more skittish, like you say, about doing things that require taking the masks off or that are larger group events versus some of these small to medium size. So it's great that as we look to how to invite people back to church who might have been away for the last 18 months or so, but also reach out to those who are asking some of those big questions and don't know where to go, that there's places like yours where there's a, a comfortable and a responsive place to land. Michelle, how is it that you landed in this role of being an evangelization lead at IC St. Joe's? Well, um, kind of like Mike, um, I was, um, I felt the, the Holy Spirit um, guiding me this way. I had actually been praying um, for quite a while for the Lord to show me my next task. Mm -hmm. And I called it a task because I didn't 
necessarily um, know if it would be something that would be a paid job or just a volunteer opportunity. And um, then all of a sudden I was attending mass with my husband at the parish we were married at. And there was an advertisement for Alpha. I'll bring it up again. Um, there was an a, a advertisement for Alpha. And strangely enough, I didn't even think twice. I'm like, let's sign up for this. My mm -hmm. husband didn't even think twice. He said, sure. We did it and we enjoyed it so much that we signed up to do it right away again when Immaculate Conception St. Joseph launched their first season and again enjoyed it so much we were on fire for it that um, the priest at ICSJ, Father Larry, um, then approached me and said, Michelle, we, um, we would love for you to join our parish as the evangelization lead. Um, we see you're on fire and that um, you... Um, enjoyed this program, which is, you know, basically the um, foundation of our ministry. And so, of course, I couldn't say no. I mean, that was the answer to what I had been praying for. Mm -hmm. So I said yes, and here I am today. Wonderful. You know, what I find so interesting is that, you know, we talk about those tools that are opportunities to share the good news for the first time, to have people encounter God for the first time, or maybe re-encounter God, a place where they can form community and have that sense of belonging. But what I hear from both of you is that one of those tools, which you've both mentioned, Alpha, is that it is also a way that people start that deeper engagement. And that, you know, in your case, Michelle, it was how you were led into this deeper engagement in the parish community and and Mike, you're seeing folks on your team. What is it that you see as maybe why people want to go from that experience of that soft entry point and and feel drawn to something deeper? You know, are with whether it's from your own story, Michelle, or Mike, from some of those individuals that have stepped into your evangelization team now? Well, for me, I know that a lot of people have commented that they had never been in an environment before like Alpha, mm -hmm. where they get to share their deepest questions and thoughts and where they truly feel listened to and they can truly experience the love of God. And it's through that that they feel so filled up um, with the love of the through the Holy Spirit that they want to then go and... Um, and share that with others and share that experience with others. And like the archdiocese says, um, you can't evangelize until you've been evangelized. I mean, you experience it through Alpha and you can't help but want to share it with others because um, it's such a great program and it, you just feel so good when you're done with it. You can't keep it to yourself. What's your experience been like, Mike, with that leadership development coming out of the program? very similar to Michelle's because uh, I even had a, a man, a young man uh, said, I've never been anywhere where I'm actually felt so comfortable opening up and sharing my faith with other people. Um, and for a young man to say that it was, it was fabulous. Mm -hmm. uh, the sharing, the just being natural and um, being yourself, opening up to as, as a lead person, opening up, and sharing your faith with other people encourages them to share. And once they start sharing, that you know, it's we build bonds and relationships, uh, and that's what Jesus wants. You know, He wants us to be uh, to work together, um, 
and when we do that, uh, that's what creates a great alpha. Uh, the continue, continuing from there, uh, where people feel encouraged or, as uh, Jesus says, sent out, you know, and that's what we're doing. We're sending out our faith to other people, um, and that's what building your team helps so much. Uh, and when they catch the fire, it's it's really easy for the evangelization lead when the, the rest of the team is <laughs> just filled with the Holy Spirit. Definitely. And I love how much both of you are focusing on that idea of the Holy Spirit, because I think that's something we talk about a lot in our office. But oftentimes the Holy Spirit can be one of those really confusing or hard to pin down. I mean, we use images because trying to understand who the Holy Spirit is can be so complicated. But that's something that I can hear coming from you now. And I know particularly working with Michelle and the stories that I hear from Alicia about you, Mike, is that, you know, we're very much aware of how the Holy Spirit is moving in you as individuals and in your parishes. And that this is that opportunity, as you've both spoken of, to really help others have that encounter with the Holy Spirit, you know, something that we all have as part of our confirmation that uh, flows through our baptism. But yet sometimes, you know, you, you have a gift and you just aren't aware of it, you know, think about um, some of those charming gifts that maybe if your grandmothers were like mine, uh, that would give you something that never quite fit. So it would sit in the back of the closet that sometimes we treat the gifts of the Holy Spirit that way. And I think what we are hearing is that part of this effort of evangelization, part of this engagement question is really this opportunity to help people pull those gifts that they've been given by the Spirit off the shelf in the back of their closet and to bring them to the parish community, bring them to the evangelization team and to wherever they may be uh, particularly drawn. We're going to take a break now, and when we come back, we'll continue talking with Mike Bentley and Michelle Farrell. We're headed to the fairways for a fun-filled round of golf supporting the work of Catholic Charities in Cook County. Join us on Monday, September 27th for Catholic Charities Monsignor Michael Bolin Golf Invitational at Butterfield County Club in Oak Brook. Golfers of all skill levels are welcome as we hit the links and raise vital funds so Catholic Charities can continue to accompany clients on their journey to greater self-sufficiency. Skill contests, fabulous prizes, and good company await all who attend this signature event. For registration and sponsorship opportunities, call 312-948-6864. That's 312-948-6864. Or visit catholiccharities.net. Welcome back. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted. 
and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit. And now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass. Do you have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Can a dead man come back to life? For this I know I'm only alive Because I'm a man that calls Jesus Christ I'm a dead man walking, come back to life Well, I'm on my way Welcome back. I'm Jen Delvo, your host today. And we are speaking with Mike Bentley from St. Catherine of Alexandria Parish. He's the evangelization lead there and Michelle Farrell, the evangelization lead at Immaculate Conception St. Joe's. Thank you again for being here. And I wanna go back to something you said, Mike, about the evangelization team and how important it is. Why is it so important to have a leadership team around you as the lead? Well, um, I think it's important because uh, of the model that we receive from Jesus. Uh, he, he even knew, even though he probably could do it himself, uh, he chose, a, a group of people to be with him and to do the work, uh, his work, after he's gone uh, from this earth. So I believe it's important. I can't do it all myself, um, uh, even though, you know, as Catholics, many times as leaders, we try to do everything ourselves. Uh, even our illustrious pastors uh, need help and need people like mm -hmm. us in the their parish to do work. and. So the, the team itself uh, really strengthens your evangelization cause. And that way there's more of us. We have uh, 10 people total on our team. And it's so important that they also have what I feel is, like I said before, the fire in their heart, the Holy Spirit guiding them and helping them. That's why we pray before meetings. We pray at the end of our alphas uh, continually. Uh, creating something in our hearts that will be a reflection of Jesus. And that's why I think, and they do all the, everything for me. I don't have to do a thing <laughs> as a lead, you know. Uh, after a couple of years, uh, they, they've just taken over. Um, uh, especially, we have some young ladies on our, uh, uh, on our team, and they're just fabulous. 
I really love what you said about the model that Jesus gave us, because I think we often forget about that. And there is this sense of, well, I have to do everything. I know I am a diehard perfectionist. So it's always a real struggle for me to sometimes let things go. And you speak about how important that is and that it really is truly the Christian model to do that and to help to empower and lift up others. Michelle, I'm curious about your experience with some of your leaders. Yeah, I was just going to mention that um, it's all about lifting up others into um, new roles, things that they might not think that they could have even done. Um, and just as with Alpha, the, the model is to first attend as a guest, then attend again as a helper, then attend again as a host. So it is about lifting up our parishioners, finding their gifts, utilizing their gifts um, in the best way and and being a listener and um, reaching out to all the, the all the demographic of our parish. That's why it's great to have folks from all our different ministries and and so that you can really listen and hear what our church needs, what our parish needs. You know, I think one of the key pieces that can be easy to miss in this process of building the new reality as part of Renew My Church is that there's a big focus on leadership. And by that, we don't just mean the priests, the pastors, and the staff, but rather the all of the parish leaders and all of those who have the p- potential to be lifted up as leaders. And I think you've both uh, been able to help point at how that can be so fruitful and so meaningful. And what I'm curious about, too, is, you know, that, you know, Mike pointed out the importance of prayer. And Michelle, I know you've done some great things with your team, you know, even using things that sometimes people may not always identify the rosary as, you know, something closely linked to evangelization. But yet you've done amazing prayer pieces to help support the evangelization and the parish renewal process. Could you share a little bit about that? Sure. Well, Alpha also has a program called the Prayer Course, and we hosted that last year during Lent. And that was a really great course to introduce parishioners to different ways to pray. And a lot of parishioners might, you know, get in a rut or they might want to try something new. So this course was really helpful for them to explore different ways to pray. And also, um, a lot of folks aren't comfortable or have a lot of experience praying with others. Mm -hmm. And this course was really great for that because we prayed together as a group and um, people really enjoyed that opportunity. And then we also started during the pandemic, um, a rosary group and it's done on zoom every day at 1230. Anyone who's available can click on the link and join us. And it first started out by just the same person would lead it every day. Mm -hmm. And then as people got more comfortable, it was the first time for some folks praying the whole rosary. As -hmm. people got more comfortable, she'd say, who would like to lead it on Wednesdays? Who would like to lead it on Fridays? And now she only leads it one or two days out of the week. Mm -hmm. So people have really stepped up as they became more comfortable praying with others out loud. And it's just so... um, wonderful to see people take on a new role and feel more comfortable with prayer. 
And I think what I hear from both of you is what we're really trying to see happen in the parishes we're working with, where it's taking people into the experience first so that they can have that encounter, they can form that community, they can feel comfortable. You know, and as you say, that even means sometimes being comfortable praying the rosary. Not everyone's familiar with how do you pray the rosary in a group. And so this opportunity to, you know, get in there and get your proverbial feet wet and then from there start inviting deeper and deeper until finally it's at a point where you can say, well, would you be willing to take on a day of the rosary? Would you be interested in stepping up to the evangelization team? Um, you know, and I think uh, with that, too, you know, you said, Michelle, you have this woman who took on the rosary group to start with. And, you know, Mike, you talked about a couple of the individuals that were uh, drawn up out of Alpha and into your team. And, you know, one of the things that we like to think about when we are looking at leadership is that it's not just, ooh, I have three empty spots on my evangelization team. I need to fill them. But rather to really think about who are the individuals that we're encountering? Who are those individuals in that entry point? Who are the individuals in the rosary group? And what might help them on their discipleship journey? Have you found any ways of helping to accompany people into those other leadership? roles into that invitation into the evangelization team that you might want to share of how you made those invitations uh, or how you would advise somebody to do that in their own parish? Well, I um, I feel that the most important invitation is one personal invitation. Uh, I don't hesitate to uh, approach people and ask them straight out, you know, uh, would you like to be part of the team? Uh, that's how we started our team, is personal invitation. I even um, got Father Dennis to approach people and call, or call them uh, to invite them. Mm -hmm. I always feel the personal invitation is the one that they, I'm not going to say, can't turn down, <laughs> you know. Uh, mm -hmm. You see people in your parish that are uh, always at church or always volunteering, uh, sometimes all they need to be is asked. And then they start to realize that they are important in our parish. Everything they do is important. So they, you invite them to do something above and beyond. As Michelle said before, you know, people can be hesitant. Uh, they're afraid. They step out of their comfort zone. Um, and when, when they feel that there's someone else there to be with them and to guide them, which is what the lead does, um, they, they seem to be willing and, and they start to step forward and, and engage in all kinds of activities, especially ones where they can be directed to uh, helping others. I also think it's important to let, let your, um, let folks know what you see in them. You know, a lot of people, they, they don't feel, they might feel like, oh, I, I'm not cut out for that role. But when you say something to them like, you know, Mike, I really see in you um, this strong prayer life. And I think you would be perfect on our um, rosary team and helping to lead it because you are so, um, you really know how to express um, what folks are, are uh, want to pray for. And you really have a way with words and you can help people feel so comforted in your prayers. And, and that helps people see their gifts that they may not see in themselves. 
That is really spot on. And, you know, I feel like, Michelle, you just gave a great script for any uh, parish folks that are listening that are wondering how they can invite people. And I think that's so powerful. That's actually uh, we're working on a, a program right now, and I'm accompanying a couple of uh, parish people that are going to be in the first wave of training for some new ministries. And I use that exact same model as someone. And she's like, but no, I, I'm not. I, I'm not a missionary disciple. I'm not able to do this. I don't have this. And I'm like, well, I've been listening to you for the last five months. And let me give you some of the examples that I've heard from the stories that you've told, from the way that you've responded to people in the group. And, you know, at the end of it, she's like, I never noticed any of that. I never would have thought. And, you know, that I think sometimes people can be so busy going about their lives or have other voices in their lives that are not that voice of God or that voice of the Holy Spirit calling them, that sometimes it can be challenging to break through. And it's so important to hear that. Um, you know, Mike, do you have any uh, similar uh, methodology like um, Michelle for that personal invitation? I know you said Father was really helpful. Did you find that particularly useful for some of the prisoners who do respond well to the pastor's request? Oh, I definitely I definitely feel that the pastor himself, uh, when there, he asks people to uh, step up and, and or just join something, I believe that that's the time they feel they start thinking about it. And he always tells people, you know, I'm asking you to do this, pray about it and let me know. He always does that, and mm -hmm. and of course, then he's inviting the Holy Spirit to uh, to you know push them a little bit uh, as he does me, uh, <laughs> and, and that that's very helpful. Uh, it's always best if the pastor asks. And I think that idea of giving people the space to engage in, you know, to use the very Catholic word discernment uh, of praying about it is an opportunity to really embrace what we're trying to do as a whole. So we're going to take a short break and come back and continue our conversation. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, Catholic Charities has continued to respond to the needs of people who come to us for assistance. More than 850,000 meals and food parcels have been offered to those who are struggling with food insecurity. Over 108,000 homelessness prevention hotline calls have been answered. Over 22,000 people have received mental health services and $2 million in financial assistance has been provided to keep people housed. If you or someone you know needs assistance, email us at gethelp at catholiccharities.net. That's gethelp at catholiccharities.net. Or call 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. 
Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back. I'm Jen Delvo, your host for the day, and I'm here with Mike Bentley from St. Catherine of Alexandria, where he's the evangelization lead, and Michelle Farrell, the evangelization lead from IC St. Joe's. Welcome back. And what I would like to ask you both now is maybe a bit of a, a more bigger question relating to this whole theme, and that's, you know, this whole effort, all that we're doing and trying to support is not just evangelization and missionary discipleship, but also within the greater context of parish renewal. And I'm curious, what are some of the effects you're seeing beyond the specific, um, you know, processes and trainings and so forth that that what effect is some of this having on the broader parish at both IC St. Joe's and St. Catherine's? Well, I, I believe the, um, the process of evangelization uh, is very slow. Um, do I see effects, immediate effects? Why, of course, because I see them in the evangelization team. Uh, I see it in their eyes, the way they uh, sit and we talk and engage uh, about what we're going to be doing next. Um, but the parishioners themselves, uh, we have touched many lives already, uh, but I really don't see a whole lot of, um, uh, you know, a lot more people uh, engaging in activities or something like that. Uh, the process is slow and mm -hmm. it's kind of disheartening sometimes, uh, but we know we're do going in the right direction. Uh, any efforts we put forth, uh, I'm assuming the Holy Spirit is doubling those efforts and in helping us get to move forward. Um, so I, I, I just think it's slow. 
And that's a really important thing for people to hear and to remember, because I think sometimes we think that if we just use this program or we just use this tool, that's the silver bullet. That's going to solve everything. Or if we just do this one thing, we'll get everyone back in the pews that you know went missing during the pandemic, went missing in the last 20 years. But this is a really slow going effort that this is culture change and culture change takes time. So I think being really honest with ourselves about that and as as you both have said, you know, invite the Holy Spirit in because that will be what ultimately makes all of the difference in this. Michelle, what's been your experience thus far? Well, like you both said, I mean, it is a change in the environment. We are asking um, for the, the mass to look a little different. We're, we are asking for radical hospitality and we are asking and hoping that our guests leave their Sunday experience um, a little bit different than they may have a few years ago. And so that is unfamiliar to our guests, uh, to the parishioners, and, and there can be some resistance in that. But we hope that by taking baby steps um, in terms of introducing, um, reintroducing coffee and donuts, reintroducing radical hospitality, that our guests will leave the Sunday Mass experience with more than just a box a check mark on the box of things to do on Sunday. And when you're changing people from the heart, when you're changing people from their soul and, and in their faith life, it is a slow process. And it's not something that you see um, right away, but it's happening. There are parishioners who are stepping forward and wanting to form new committees, new groups, new ministries, um, like a women's group like um, our young adults group, which is relaunching. And when you see people coming forward with an excitement to relaunch a committee that, that may have fizzled out during COVID, then you know it's working. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, it's a slow process, but I think in the end, it's, it's worth it. Michelle, you mentioned something else that gets a lot of attention, and that's this question of hospitality. And I know some people hear radical hospitality and they kind of go, Oh, that catchphrase, you know, and it's something that I actually love because it's so rooted in the Catholic tradition, especially the Benedictine tradition of hospitality. And I'd love if you could share a little bit about how you're bringing greater hospitality into your parish at IC St. Joe's. Well, that is something that, you know, a lot of people aren't used to. They're used to coming in going to mass and leaving right away and getting on with their Sunday activities. Mm -hmm. And we're just hoping to introduce something that will get them to linger a little longer and get them to have conversations with fellow parishioners, get to know each other, whether that's coffee and donuts, whether that's an alpha reunion where they can meet and talk to people that have done alpha before and hear a little bit about more about that program or any program. Um, it's always good to have a little bit of a beverage offered and, you know, wine and cheese or coffee and donuts to entice folks to linger a little bit longer. And we're really hoping that they um, enjoy that opportunity and realize that, you know, um, staying and lingering a little bit after mass is, is really worth it. Yeah. And I was always really impressed with the hospitality at your parish. Our first meeting was on um, 
the day before Ash Wednesday, so Fat Tuesday, and right away they come in with a tray full of punch keys and coffee and soda, you know, and this is just for a business meeting, you know, like the first conversation about this process. So uh, I really appreciated that right away. I was like, oh, they're going to be good at this. And so it was great to see that right away. Uh, Mike, what sort of experience have you had with hospitality, particularly knowing that it can be so difficult during the pandemic that, you know, we're just starting, like you said, you know, to have to do some of these things amended without the meal and so forth. But what ways have you tried to bring some hospitality into the process? Well, we actually had a, an Alpha reunion uh, in mid, mid, mid-summer, this past mm-hmm. summer. It was fabulous. And we did offer wine and cheese. Thank you, Michelle. Uh, <laughs> we did offer that. And it was awesome. Father Dennis, uh, Father Fred came. Uh, everyone felt comfortable. It's from the Alpha, making sure that they feel welcome at Alpha, that then in return, they come and know that they can be comfortable with the people that are there, even though they didn't know everybody because it was two Alphas coming together as a reunion. Uh, it went terrific. And this next Alpha, um, due to the pandemic, when our church reopened, Father Dennis created an opening committee and there was 60 people on that committee. Oh, wow. Uh, to help with, you know, greeting, cleaning the church. But the greeting really made a difference coming into church, and they talked about that. So I personally invited every one of those people to our next Alpha, and uh, I'm hoping that they will, you know, feel that greeting is so important when you come to church. You know, Mm -hmm. the Catholics don't always uh, talk to each other when they come to church. I don't know why, but... uh, but when someone comes in and, and they greet you like when you're having a party and you stand at the front door and greet people when they come in, that's what it's all about. You know, it's all about the welcome. You know, I think that's been one of the unexpected pieces of the pandemic as we reopen, as so many ushers and greeters had those lists of who had registered for mass, that even if it was just the top half of the face, they were able to put a name and a face together and to have that connection, which previously wasn't there. And that that's something to build off of instead of to say, well, we're back to normal. Well, is that old normal something that we want to uh, return to? Or is that more personal connection? I know I loved one day I was going into mass, I had my mask on and it was pouring rain. So I had my rain jacket on and my hood pulled up and, you know, rushing in and uh, had to check in. And the usher goes, oh, no, it's okay. At first, I didn't recognize you, but then I recognized your walk. And I'm just like, holy cow, not only does this person know me just, you know, half of my face, but apparently also now has watched me walk into mass so often that they know me by my walk, which I'm not sure what that says about how I walk. But I thought it was a phenomenal piece of just here's somebody who's so engaged with the community now and that is this person going to stay connected? And how many of those individuals like him are there throughout the archdiocese? And so it's great to hear that you're specifically reaching out to those individuals as a way to help them stay connected. Um, Michelle, have you been able to tap into some of those individuals or some of those strange sort of pandemic ministries as part of your evangelization work? Um, Oh, yeah. Um, We've gotten um, lots of groups launched. We've gotten um, and um, lots of groups. um, You know, people have a desire, um, you know, coming out of the pandemic here. 
for connection, for community, and to feel belong, like they belong to something bigger. Mm -hmm. And so the, this is an important time to start launching any ministry that you've been thinking about because people are looking for those opportunities. And, and uh, we encourage our ministries to be very welcoming and of course, um, reach out to their guests and, and, and the, the strengths and gifts of their guests. And, and we're seeing great, um, great things because people are um, really enjoying taking on these mm -hmm. added um, ministries and opportunities to grow. They grow just as much as their guests do. I think that's a really great uh, point that I want to come back to. I know we'll have a break in just a moment, but I really want to dive more into that idea of belonging and community, because I think sometimes we can dismiss them as sort of fluffy ideas and they're not really that important. We should be busy about doing things or talking about certain things. So on the other side of the break that we're going to take, that's going to be my next question for you both. Catholic Charities Veterans Employment Services help veterans find and maintain employment through job readiness training, resume writing assistance, mock interviews, and job placement counseling. We work with a wide array of employers and community partners to help veterans reach their career goals. We owe a debt of gratitude to all of our veterans for the sacrifices they made to serve our nation. It is our privilege now to assist them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Employment Program in Cook County, call 773-808-2954. In Lake County, call 847-782-4219. You can also learn more at catholiccharities.net. To all United States veterans, thank you for your service. I feel special. <laughs> I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Are you looking for quality, affordable childcare at this back-to-school time of year? Look no further than Catholic Charities Child Development Centers. We have two locations conveniently located in Berwyn and Summit, offering before and after-school care, as well as full-day childcare. Each center offers a safe, welcoming environment where children receive a nutritious breakfast, lunch, and snack while participating in a creative, age-appropriate curriculum that is challenging and fun. Preschoolers enjoy art, music, literature, and computer activities, while our school-age program includes homework help, art, sports, music, field trips, and more. 
Catholic Charity staff members are highly qualified, caring people who want the very best for every child. Our child care centers are especially popular with working parents. Enroll your child today. To learn more, visit catholiccharities.net slash child development or call 312-636-5398. That's 312-636-5398. Can a dead man come back to life? For this I know I'm only alive because I'm a man that calls Jesus Christ. Welcome back. I'm Jen Delvo, your host today, and I'm here with Michelle Farrell from IC St. Joe's and Mike Bentley from St. Catherine of Alexandria, both evangelization leads. And just before the break, I threw at them the idea of belonging and that sense of uh, community that often gets sort of dismissed as maybe a, a soft goal or something that's not as important or not something to prioritize. But yet you've both used that word several times as you're talking about different aspects of what you've been doing. And so uh, I'd like to ask you first, Mike, why do you think belonging is so crucial to this process? Well, who doesn't want to belong? You know, um, I, re- I th- this the commercials that start off with uh, a group of children standing there and they're being chosen for a team. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I remember as a child being, you know, choose me, choose me, you know, who doesn't want to be chosen? Um, and I, everyone wants to belong. Even people wear the uh, a jersey of their favorite team. They want to belong there. Uh, so when you go to church, being comfortable and wanting to belong to your parish is important. Uh, and I think inviting them is even greater, of greater importance because you choose them to be a part of your team. You choose them to be part of your parish. Uh, when we greet them, we are saying individually, calling you by name, uh, you belong here. And that whenever you belong, you are a part of it. And that's what people need to know, that they are a part. They are part of the team Jesus, you know, they, they, they belong there. Michelle, why do you think belonging is so important? Well, I, I agree with everything Mike said. Um, if, if people weren't um, wanting to um, have that sense of belonging, all those apps that exist out in our world wouldn't be so successful. Um, but I think what, what, um, What's important is also the face-to-face connections that they're not getting on those apps and and the experience that they're feeling at church and knowing that people are praying for them and knowing that people are there to listen to them if they have a concern or a care or something that's weighing on their weighing on their hearts and minds. So um, having a great community behind you at your parish and knowing that they are there to help you with anything you need is is so important. And it just makes you feel great to have that community there to support you whenever you're going through anything. And I think that deeper sense is something that we can sometimes take for granted. And, you know, we can talk about the uh, 
challenges that so many people have that, you know, Michelle, you definitely alluded to this, but that we see more and more where people are very disconnected from one another, despite having hundreds of social media friends or followers on other apps. And there's still that disconnect, especially because so often in those uh, formats, we're trying to put our most polished self forward. And yet also both of you have talked about the kind of that vulnerability that comes with this ministry and that ability to be vulnerable and to respond to those who are being vulnerable and asking for help or asking for accompaniment or prayers. And I think that deeper sense uh, of community only comes when somebody feels like they belong, that they need to have that sense of safety first. And that's something that I think can... Uh, be underappreciated, but you've both uh, helped uh, to understand that a little bit more. The other question I want to ask you has to do with the very word that is in your title, evangelization. And a lot of Catholics get really, really nervous about that word. In fact, we hear quite a bit, well, that's not a Catholic word. That's a Protestant word. Ironically, the Protestants don't even use evangelization in a lot of cases. They use evangelizing and other uh, terms than that. Evangelism is one of their uh, more dominant words. But this idea of evangelization is something that can kind of scare Catholics, you know, because we have have certain associations, like, are you going to make me go knock on doors? Are you going to go make me stand on a corner and hand out brochures or stand on a soapbox? But what is your understanding of evangelization? And I would say also briefly, what drew you to specifically focus on this ministry? You know, you both talked about how the Holy Spirit was drawing you to something, but why was that something evangelization? Uh, Michelle, would you care to share? Um, well, first, um, yes, the, the E word um, was um, scary uh, to me, um, but not after I did Alpha, because I'll admit, you know, the first time I, I watched an Alpha video, I said, oh, this is some evangelization. But <laughs> then you realize that what evangelization is really all about is less about what you say and more about what you do. It's for me, it's about mm -hmm. listening. It's about loving. It's about being, meeting people where they are. And, and it's about being Jesus, being the face of Jesus mm -hmm. to all of those around you. And, and that can, doesn't have to come necessarily through words. It can come through your actions, how you live your life, how you help others. And, it's not a scary word when you think about it that way. And and we're not out on the corners um, on, on boxes <laughs> with microphones. It's really so gentle. It's so gentle, yeah. Mike, how about you? Well, I think evangelization is sharing uh, your faith with others. Uh, mm -hmm. That's what I believe it is. And uh, that's easy if you just be yourself. Um, there's no... Uh, whoever you are, uh, share that with every, everyone else, and and that's what Christ did. And that's what you just share. Um, I was very hesitant to uh, uh, start Alpha because that means I'd have to get up and and speak to people and be in charge. Well, being in charge is not a problem with me, but the speaking was. Mm -hmm. um, so when I realized you just relax and be who you are, uh, that's all you can offer. And if each, each one of us offers who they are, uh, that's enough. Uh, and like Michelle said, you know, they, people are looking to 
be with each other, being a part of each other, looking for connections, uh, sharing yourself with other people is that connection. Um, that's your, your, your conversation, that's your whole, your whole existence is to be with other people. Uh, and that's what I feel evangelization is. I think you both really helped explain that so well in that, you know, it's not that intimidating sort of caricature that we can often have in our minds, but rather that, in your words, Michelle, gentle accompaniment and being yourself that, you know, God did gift each of us in our own particular way. And we all have our own particular personalities and ways of going about things. And the same is true for how the different ways we go about evangelization and what that looks like. And I think that when we start to process what is that and we start to think about, well, okay, maybe that conversation I had with a coworker when, you know, we were just talking about the weekend and what we did, and I mentioned I was going to church and I got involved, or when we're talking with our neighbor who lost a loved one and answering, you know, kind of their questions and finding out how they're doing and, you know, talking about that prayer and praying for people, as you've highlighted, Michelle, too. We just have a minute or two left, and I'm wondering if you have any final words of advice or uh, pieces of information that you think would be good for our listeners to hear about engagement and evangelization. Well, I'm just a um, big cheerleader for Alpha. I love the program, and I think that if any parish is looking to add a program that will draw folks together into a community where they can feel free to share um, whatever concerns or questions they have around their faith or lack of faith. You know, we all, we all, um, we all battle with things and we, we all have to admit that, you know, we may not always lean on prayer. We may not always remember to go to God with our, with our problems. And Alpha is just a great program, a very, um, safe place where people can talk about life and faith and meaning, and it can really reignite um, that fire inside them. And if they had not thought about the Holy Spirit since confirmation, or if they have really maybe not been praying as much or taking their concerns to prayer, um, Alpha can really help um, restart and reinvigorate your faith life. And that is a, a great point to really uh, start to wrap up on because, you know, Alpha is one tool. And, you know, we always say there's other tools that we can help parishes with, but it is thinking about how are you getting people to have that place where they can ask those questions and to feel safe? You know, we often are very good at creating that with RCIA, but also thinking about where are those other entry points in the parish community. Um, Mike, do you have a quick uh, 15, 30 second uh, last bit of advice to share? Yes, I, I agree with Michelle wholeheartedly. I, I believe the Alpha program is the best way to start. Uh, it's not the answer for everything, but it's certainly a great start. And it helps you build not only your team, but it helps to build bonding in your parish. That's, that's what it's going to take, coming together, all together, and that's building church. 
Well, thank you both for joining us today. And I also hope everybody caught that part about prayer and that wrapping this whole process in prayer. So thank you both for your time. And we will see everyone in the next month's radio show. Thanks, Jen. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media. Can a blind man